Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the Waterman and D-Train Show. Hey, we're back for part two. Digitized live from the Action Round two as it was in Cape Coral, Take Florida. Two. It's the Waterman and D-Train Show. Hopefully we got it this time. Audio bugs are fun. Yes. God, they are so fun. So what's up, OG5? Hopefully those of you who are in the uh, chat channel right now can tell us if the audio is coming through the way that it needs to come through and how everything sounds. But anyhow... Are we just wasting our time? We could (laughs) possibly be wasting our time. But hey, we have plenty of time because most of the world in the country are locked indoors. They're being told to stay home. We here in Lee County got the stay home order on Friday. Now, technically, it's weird. We didn't, I don't know if they technically passed an order. Um, they basically just sent out text messages using the emergency broadcast system that they usually use for Amber Alerts and Silver Alerts here in Florida. And we've been getting a That's lot of those. So we got the actual order um, for all non essential businesses and then and going to the grocery stores, but it was via um, a press conference. There was nothing blasted across our cell phones. So it's interesting to see how our, our, two, our two states are handling things a little bit differently. Sorry about that. I was uh, testing rudimentary. <laughs> it's so generic how we got to do shit around here. So I have my cell phone logged in and I have a pair of headphones hooked into my cell phone so that I could hear yeah. the audio to see if it's coming through clear. And it does sound like it's coming through clear now. And um, hopefully we'll get back some of the viewers because we scared some people off because we're trying to do new things because uh, changes are in the wind, sadly. Yes, they are. And, um, you know, we'll, those things will happen at the beginning of next month. But um, it's just weird to – we're trying to get rid of the whole we need a camera on the TV thing for Gordon. We're trying to make it more professional looking and overall, you know, more enjoyable for you, the listening audience. But anyhow, we're here, um, and it's just – it's so hard to relaunch a show and go back through things you've already went through. Exactly. It, it is. And I don't know what they've heard about, but uh, as we were discussing earlier, there may have been a chance that uh, you may possibly have some contamination floating around. Yeah. And I don't know how much I really want to get into it because, but let me just say this because the other stream was gone. No one could hear the audio anyhow. Um, long story short, uh, there is a gentleman in Southwest Florida who was pretty well known, uh, who is the youngest, uh, COVID-19 victim, at least so far in Southwest Florida. And he just passed away. Um, what Gordon's saying when he's saying there's a possibility that, you know, I could have been exposed by proxy accidentally is that, well, a family member of mine and his wife were having lunch and or dinner. I can't remember exactly what. Basically, they went. They were supposed to go on a cruise, and the cruise got canceled, much like everything else going on. And um, they were angry and annoyed because at the time, you know, we all kind of said, you know, hey, this is not all that serious. It's not a big deal. You know, why why are we taking this thing so crazily? But uh, um, yeah, how often does uh, the media cry wolf, as, as talked about last week, and and that was in a lot of our mindsets. C- correct. Sure. I mean, and it's so hard to take everything so serious when it comes to the media but um anyhow so they went out and they had dinner together and um the day after is when this gentleman started having his symptoms and then okay. he then he went to the hospital for treatment and i don't know the whole backstory i'm not even going to get into it all i can tell you is that he did not have any underlying 
issues. We know that the one guy who went to Disneyland turned out to be a testicular cancer survivor a few months before, so his immune system was compromised. But this mm-hmm. particular gentleman, as far as the newspaper, as far as the reporting goes, he was, for all intents and purposes, um, a healthy cat. Yeah. And so um, it's really scary that, you know, because up until this point, we keep going, oh, it only affects the, older, the elderly and, you know, the young punks are coming down. Young punks, I feel like I sound like an old guy now. You know, there's the reports of the young cats coming down for spring break thinking, oh, that's not going to happen to us. But anyhow, you back. Know that, you know that clown ass that was on TV talking about it, on the beach? He was from Cincinnati. <laughs> does not surprise me at all. Oh. <laughs> He issued a huge apology from Cincinnati. I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. I hate to say it. I love you guys out there, but it just in it, your hometown. But it holy doesn't. Moly. It doesn't surprise me. But anyhow, um, it's so the family member, two family members of mine, a, a husband and wife couple. They went out and had dinner with this gentleman and his wife because they were friends. They know each other from the downtown scene. He gets sick. Um, that symptoms started coming through the day afterwards, and um we knew he was in the hospital and on ventilators, but we really didn't do the whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon type thing on this, which which is how this stuff spreads. And that's why they want people to stay home so that if you're asymptomatic, meaning you have no symptoms, you don't know. You're saying it's Kevin Bacon's fault. No, what I'm saying is that um, after these group of family members had lunch with this gentleman and his wife, a couple of days later, they asked Carrie if they can, if she can come over and babysit their dog while they went up to work, cause they, they're okay. fostering a new pit bull and they were concerned about, um, you know, leaving the dogs alone, what may happen. So Carrie went over there and babysat and she, she was over there for like three or four hours. And now we're kind of, we're kind of a little scared. I mean, the family members are now monitor, monitoring themselves. Cause obviously they're scared too. When you have mm-hmm. lunch with a person that passed away the day before his symptoms came to light, there was a possibility that they may have it. And so, obviously, they're monitoring themselves closely. But, you know, it, it is a little scary to think, well, Carrie was sitting over there on their couch petting their dog, hanging out for three or four hours by herself. They weren't there, but I'm sure there was hugs exchanged when she first got there and she was monitoring their house. And so you just don't know, and it's kind of scary. It really is. It is. Now, are you guys going to kind of quarantine yourselves for the next 14 days just to, to be safe? Because, you know, as we know, our father lives there. He's got some stuff going on. And I'm sure, you know, Carrie's mom, is she's getting up there, too. And just the kind of unfortunately, the people who, who live in Florida are of an elderly generation. Uh, are you guys going to do a little extra care that you would not have done if you didn't know this? Yeah, I mean, we we'll definitely will. Carrie's kind of with the exception of going over there. She's been basically staying home for the last two weeks because prior to this week that just ended the week before was their spring break and she's a teacher. Gotcha. And so she, and she, you know, her, her greatest wish in life is to be financially stable enough where she didn't have to leave the house. She would love to just hang out and, you know, do things around here all the time. And so, you know, she has no desire to leave. And then you, you add the the COVID-19 on top of that. So she was home, the week before because of spring break hanging out around the house just lounging enjoying her spring break and then they had to start and then this week to just finish they had to start prepping for the distance learning uh she's doing a distance learning here in the podcast studio we're definitely equipped for that and starting monday the, the kids are officially back doing distance learning so she you know she's definitely not going anywhere i've been trying to do most of my work remotely i did <coughs> bring a computer here to my house but i left it in the garage i didn't want to bring it into the living area of my house so i 
repaired it at my garage. The gentleman came over and we maintained like a 10 foot radius and he just dropped the check and took his laptop and I went and washed my hands. But yeah, we're definitely, six feet, motherfucker. Six we're definitely going to try to maintain a distance and, uh, and all that stuff. John craft OG five checking in. Thank you guys for your support. And I hope things are going well for all you guys. And if you're watching via YouTube or uh, periscope, Big props to the Periscope fans. You guys are always there for us. You're always um, watching. Give Thank us a you. call. We want to hear from you. 239-232-4419. Once again, Dave's not here because he's at home uh, sheltering in place, plus all the um, health issues going on in his family that we just, you know, it doesn't make sense. And he don't have the equipment at that location to um, Skype in. And we tried one time with him calling in via the phone and when you went back and well, as we we're doing it, it sounded great. But when you went and listened back, his the phone volume was so low, even though I had it cranked on this side, it's just just way too much stuff to get into, especially with what's going on now. I mean, hell, you and I, we barely got the audio going for this at the top of this video. We actually had to cut it. Duct and tape go and twice. bailing wire, man. I tell you, it fixes it all. So, what have you been doing in your quarantine time? I'm working. Uh, I work at the office. Every day of the week, fortunately, where I work, we are, um, as probably discussed last week, we've got our own separate offices. So we're able to kind of hunker down and self-isolate, you know, with the exception you may run into somebody if you got to use a restroom and that. But uh, it, it's it's trucking on. Um, construction is still considered essential. And I believe I saw something in the package that uh, one he of our vendors – I did say package shared that uh, there is a st- – in the stimulus package that – businesses who do renovations will have a tax credit so that'll help out the construction industry some more um, I'm hoping you know that it continues to grow what, what's interesting is there's a lot of people who are not happy that the construction is going on uh, I, I watch and hopefully this is the last of what I'm gonna call the great fiasco talk tonight uh, you'll see people on on uh, social media say it almost sound like they're complaining that they're considered essential and I'm like, tell that to somebody who's been laid off. Well, I mean, let's glad, be, <laughs> gladly. And that's one of the things I had to remind myself <laughs> back in 2008, 2009, when the economy collapsed the first time that, um, you know, when I was working all these hours that, hey, there are plenty of people out there with no jobs to be had. And so I need to be thankful to have the work that I had and, and go out and do it. And now we're in that same position where, yes, there are people who are getting laid off. And, but that doesn't negate the fact that there is a whole community of people out there that don't want to work and who would love to be able to stay home and get paid for it. And so I'm sure that some of those cats who are out doing this hard manual labor would really enjoy, whether it's paid or unpaid, just a few days to go home and and kind of chill with the family. It, it's got to be hard when, and you know, because you're doing it, but, you know, granted you're in an office and you're doing, you know, b- bids and paperwork and all that. But, you know, when you're out in the hot sun doing this hard work and everybody you know is at home sitting on the couch whether they want to or not, it, there's got to be a party where that just makes that workday suck even more. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, is you know, obviously trying to have a positive outlook. And that's something we try to do in the Digital 410 network as a whole. You know, not just this show, not just um, the other ones such as Fail to Fail, but <laughs> we try to look at things in a positive light. You know, you know, there's people in Grove City and Columbus watching us saying, how the fuck can these two say that? These two are the biggest, most Debbie Downer dick fucks I've ever met in my life. But then again, they haven't learn, seen us. Dude. Well, they you haven't seen learn. us in 15 and 20 years. But, but we've been honest about this. You know, when we were young cats and we're dealing with hormones and all the, you know, 
dealing with our demons from the past and you know life problems yes i was a debbie downer i was a dickhead i was but you know get out of ohio no well no that's not even fair it's life experience (laughs) it is it absolutely i mean you can go back on face you can go on facebook right now and look at someone who you graduated high school with who you haven't talked to in 25 years who you thought this guy was a complete cock when we were in school if I saw him nowadays, I'd flick him a fat fuck you. But then you start going through your timeline and watching videos and stuff, and you realize, well, that person's not the same person he was 20 years ago either. And that actually may be somebody that I could tolerate in person now. And so people change, and a lot of that change comes through life experience. And if and if it doesn't, you're not living life. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you're one of these cats that say, I'm the same motherfucker that I ever was, to quote House of Pain. Um, I'm sorry. If you're... If, <laughs> If you're still if you're still trying to hold on to that, then you really need to look in the mirror because if you're at 40 years old saying that you're the same person you were at 18, 19, you really need to figure out why you haven't progressed as a as a human being and and became you know changed. It, yes, and to learn things. And unfortunately, there are as we know a lot of people who have dug themselves into that rut of it's almost comfortable, right? They, they don't want to get outside of their comfort zone. They're, a, they're paranoid of it. And that's kind of where they're at. You know, it's the old saying, and I know it's cliche, but misery loves company. And there's goddamn a ton of them out there. Well, not only does misery love company, but as we like to say here, if you hang out with turds, you're going to get shit on. And you know, we kind of, yeah, we kind of segued into conversation I had on my list of shit. Hey, what's up, Bill Howard checking in OG five. Um, one of the things I had on, not to get too deep down the rabbit hole in here, but one of the questions I had is how many of y'all are reevaluating your life? Not so much your, your particular activities and how you function, but maybe um, those around you, whether it's a coworker, family member, a friend, some of these people that just can't seem to get out of their own way. And you're just like, I don't know when this is all said and done and I'm back out in the world. Do I want to continue maintaining that stress in my life? and trying to help them or do i want to focus on my family and doing the you know trying to improve my life ultimately i think you almost have to just to focus on yourself because sadly when you try to help somebody along and you give them you know a different perspective uh, and a lot of it has to do with perspective you're the dickhead you're now the asshole you don't understand it man you know this is what i'm going through well i'm trying to I've been, believe me, I've been there. <laughs> so uh, I'm just trying to tell you what worked for me. It may or may not work for you, but it's worth the try. Yeah. You know, it's it's worth the effort. So, uh, and, and mindset, you know, it's either what, glass half full, half empty? Unfortunately, a lot of these motherfuckers have said, fuck it, that glass is now on the floor. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to hear it. So, but uh, yeah, just uh, I'm very thankful for what's going on. We're doing all right right now. Uh, we have, as I talked last week, and kind of batting down the hatches a little, looking at some things, kind of having a rough outline in case shit really goes sideways in our lives uh, as a, uh, you know, to mitigate some, some impact. But, uh, you know, otherwise we're going to keep on trucking. Now, one thing I will admit, I have had a, a higher level of generalized anxiety Really? Over the last two weeks. Oh yeah, my yeah, absolutely. Just because you know our 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 weekly and monthly nuts quite large, probably a little larger than it should be. So yeah, because and, and, well, I mean, you're you're a property owner and you have tenants, and so if 
not only can the economy potentially affect your income and your job and your wife's job, but there's a higher likelihood that it's going to affect the income and livelihood of the person who rents one of your properties, which is going to be even a bigger kick in your nuts if that, you know, because you're going to be affected by proxy if they lose their their income. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And then how long will it take the economy to come back? Because as we know, Las Vegas, well, it is the vacation destination, right? Yeah, we have diversified throughout the valley. We've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm still seeing jobs coming in. And again, I think the stimulus will help this. And for but those to playing- get this strip ramp back up, to get these hotels filled again, I think it's going to take some time. And for those you playing at home, so you know, oh, Gordon, no, boo, who you're gonna, you, you're, you're not gonna have. <laughs> you're not a landlord because you're trying to make money off of a property. You're a landlord because the way the market is or was is you would take a substantial, buddy. huge loss. No, basically, no one's willing to buy the property at what the market value is. You'd be more yeah. than happy. You'd be happier in a puppy with two Peters to offload this property and be done with it. But in oh, order God, not yes. to destroy your credit or take a huge loss where you're basically paying out of pocket to cover the rest of the loan that wouldn't get covered by the original, you know, whoever bought the property, you're kind of stuck trying to, you know, do the right thing. You're stuck being a landlord. Because you're hoping you can carry this property, someone can pay the mortgage on it because they're living in it until you can finally move it for what the the property's worth. You're not trying to make a a profit. You're just trying to keep from losing your ass on it. If I could get what I owe on it at this point, which means I'd still lose a $30,000, you know, I'll I'll do it at this point. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. We've all got our own challenges. And, uh, again, we, we try to stay positive about it. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do is this, this machine back here, I've been trying to use it every day. Have I been successful? No. Will I be successful? Yes. Martin Mazika, you're checking in via, um, Facebook. Give us a call, Martin. I really want to talk to you. Give us a call. 239-232-4419. Martin, I, I need to talk to you. Give us a call, please. Um, you are in New York city. We want to hear yeah, from well, you. Be allowed to even go anywhere. We want to hear what in the holy hell is going on in New York city. Because uh, you guys are essentially ground zero. Florida is pulling up in ranks. We're like third place now, I think, maybe fourth. And so in the in the scary race that none of us want to win, we're kind of like behind the we're, – we're pulling up quickly. Yeah. And uh, we'll see from – but uh, I kind of want to move along from this fiasco. Real quick, uh, while we're on the topic of the fiasco, I was lucky enough to get ass wipe. I found toilet paper. I got paper. some today, too. <laughs> Where'd you find it? It's an interesting story, and I'm just kind of seeing if Martin's going to call us. But um, so I live in the same. I've lived in the same neighborhood, despite the fact that um, you know, I've lived on two properties, but it, it's within the same distance. And um, there is a small. Oh, fuck it, I'll say it. There's a Dollar General by me, right? And okay. I've been going to this Dollar General for like five years, and I know basically the staff. And I'm, I've been, in, you know, in a, in a bad mood a few times when I've gone in there, but for. Most times I'm pretty, pretty cordial with the people and they like me and I like them and you know, it, it never fails. And I'm sure we're all there on holidays, you know, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you're cooking dinner and someone realizes all oh, crap, we're out of chicken broth or all oh, crap. We need this, that. And so you rush down to dollar general cause they're the only ones open and they're there. The stuff you need usually there. And every time I go in there, I, I, I thank them, you know, and I really try to, tell them, Hey, I really, I understand that this is hard for you because you have to adjust your, your holiday schedule, but let it be known that it's not 
gone unnoticed and that we're not thankful that you guys are here because you're able to help us get the supplies we need to finish our meals. And so every year I'm really nice to them and all that. So I was there the other day and I did a quick lap around. No toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Now we still had like, I don't know, half a pack at home and not a big pack. It was like, uh, actually when this thing, whole thing started, I was actually found a pack here at the seven 11, a pack there, just the normal, you know, six pack, not the big bundle, the 24 pack, but just the the six normal rolls, what normal rolls used to be before they blew them up where you had to have the extension for your toilet paper roll and all that stuff. And so I, I had picked up two of those about a week ago and we're down to about three rolls. And I do a lap around Dollar General and there's nothing there. So I just grab a pack of premium napkins. <laughs> hey, man, any port in a storm. So real quick, Hold on. how many rolls of toilet paper? Okay, go, no, go ahead. How many rolls? How many rolls of toilet paper does the average, and we're probably above average, but the average U.S. citizen use a year? Let's find out. One, two, three. I'm going to say 14. No, three. <laughs> About 100 rolls of toilet paper a year. A year. A year. Now, do you know this is not the first time toilet paper has been hoarded in the United States? No, I do know that um, because of this, I've gone from being a handful guy. Mm-hmm. I used to be the handful guy. Now I'm actually rationing Count. squares. Now I'm like a two square guy. <laughs> I went from being a handful guy to being a two square guy, and so I'm rationing. But let me get um, let me get back to my story real quick, and then you can get on your statistic about uh, when the last time we were on a toilet paper shortage. So uh, okay. hold that spot. So I go up there and I plop down the the pack of premium She's napkins. A plop. Uh, Martin Marzika is asking for the number real quick. Martin, that phone number is 239-232-4419. So I plopped down the premium napkins, and she looked at me. She's like, are you wanting napkins or you need toilet paper? I was like, well, you don't have any toilet paper. She's like, there's a guy back here stocking the shelf. His name's Bob. Go talk to Bob. Tell him I said to sell you some toilet paper. <coughs> I've got a guy. So I went back there, and I said, hey, Bob. He's like, yeah. I said, word on the street, you're the man to talk to. He's like, about what? I'm like, about things you can't get right now. What about import export Steve? And, Wouldn't he be all over this? Oh, uh, import export Steve has got a scheme going on, and we'll get into that later. Um, and so Bob's like, "Yeah, I got this toilet paper here. It's our brand, which was like cardboard. It was like, and he's like, I got this back here, and it was a semi, wasn't a premium brand, but it was a medium brand. And so I took one pack, I think six rolls, I think maybe eight. I went up there and plopped them down on the counter, and the manager's like, um, plop, plop, fizz, fizz." She's like, you only want one, one pack? I was like, well, I don't want to be greedy. I said, I don't know how many packs you have back here. And she's like, she rang me up for two. She's like, go back there and tell Bob I, I rang it for two. <laughs> so I went back here and I talked to Bob again. And uh, So is she like a bartender who's trying to make the decision if this person in front of me is either drunk on toilet paper or not? No, or she's, some more, she's or... the daughter of the store manager. And now I think she's a shift manager and she's been there for five or six years. And she's one of the people I've thanked many a times on Christmas and Thanksgiving for being there and, I have a cordial relationship with them. You know, I don't just go in there and ignore them and leave. I often tell people that, and here's a, here's a little hint for you guys. No TP for you. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of reminiscent of back when we all used to have local neighborhood stores. Right. But now we don't, we all order off Amazon, this, that, and the other thing, but try to make a habit. If somebody, somebody has a job where they got to wear a name tag. Um, a lot of times that particular person is probably ignored more than actually talked to, except for by the, the daily people. Like right. if you're going to Publix or Albertsons or wherever. 
And they're usually referred to as hey or you, right? Yeah, one, one, once Gina's done ringing up your, your bill and you pay, say, hey, thanks, Gina, have a nice day. And they're like, huh, what? And then they think, for, how do they know? Oh, oh, my name tag. But it, it lightens their day the and it, it just makes it um, all in all more better. Hopefully this is Martin. Let's Hopefully this, this works. Waterman and D-Train show. Is this Martin? Hello. Hey, Martin. Hey, how are you doing? You there? Yeah. You hear me? Hey man, yeah, I can hear. You. How you been? I can't complain. Oh. Stuck in the house for uh, going on like so, like three weeks plus. Two weeks? Three weeks at least, I'd say. What is things like in New York City right now? Well, I guess first and foremost, where are you exactly in New York? Are you in the Bronx? So, no, I'm in Brooklyn. I sit. It's called. It's Bensonhurst, uh, Brooklyn. It's uh, best known for like uh, John Travolta. Uh, Hey, fella, I listened to Lords of Brooklyn back in 1993. I know all about Brinson Hurts and Avenue J. <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, Lords of Brooklyn was like Avenue, a, a poor Avenue man's Avenue house of pain. Like, uh, where you start getting into like the, the uh, still more like Jewish whatnot. Sure. But yeah, it, it, it bounces onto us at the end, uh, kind of like towards Marine Park. But yeah, it's, it used to be old school Italian, but they... Uh, the old school Italians, they sold out for cash to all the Chinese. And the Chinese, they like uh, anything with seven and eights. And I live on 18th Avenue in the 70th. So anywhere you have a seven or an eight, you'll notice it's a huge Chinese population, thus being like the like the, the largest Chinese population outside of China over here uh, in, uh, in Brooklyn. How long have you been in New York? Because for those playing along at home, you are from Grove City, Ohio, which is the same town where Gordon and I grew up in. And I got to tell you, I don't know how long you've been in New York, but you've picked up the accent. It's it's there a little bit. Uh, I'd say uh, I got here in 2002, uh, summer of 2002. Yeah, so you're kind of yeah, like, don't don't go full garbage disposal. You're kind of like <laughs> me now. It's, uh, you're almost at the point now where you've lived out of Ohio longer than you lived in Ohio. Almost, yeah. And you're you're a school teacher. Are you guys starting your distance learning, or how how is the New York so, school system handling well, so that? When my daughter was born uh, almost four years ago, I put in for a child care leave. I get no benefits, I get no pay, but I'm locked in at 15 years of service. And then when I want to go back, as long as I don't have a child in in kindergarten, so when my son came along, I got another five years. So in total, I'll get seven years unless like I adopt a kid or whatever. Uh, but I've been on leave for four years. Well, this will be going on four years. So I'm glad I haven't been in the system. I'm, I've been at home playing at home dad, you know. That's fair. How is, uh, how's getting around New York right now? They can't. They're locked down. I mean, can you go to the store? You're permitted to at least get out and get some provisions? I've gone out here here and there, like uh, driving and whatnot. But just the subways are still still up and running and whatnot. But most people are... It, it's hit or miss. It's like you got people who are taking it serious, and you got people who just, you know, aren't taking it serious. And then, I mean, uh, for instance, uh, we got some degenerate teens down the block that uh, are these the ones that shoot got, the rap videos in front of your house? No, I don't even know where those people come from. But uh, <laughs> the uh, you must have some I great mean, architecture on your street what's, what's, that everybody wants to come shoot rap <laughs> videos in front of your house. The uh, the yeah, you got these teens who like I don't know where their parents are at or if they don't care or if or you know if they can't control them themselves, but they're just out and about hanging out, hugging on each other. So you got you got all the teens. I think that was part of the equation of like why they didn't want to cancel school because they knew 
they can't control them in the schools. It's a shit show as it is in the schools already. So you open up a whole new uh, system of policing because they've done everything they can. If you look at the history of the uh, de Blasio, he's done everything he could to get police out of schools. There's no security. There's no NYPD in police. It's nothing more than crossing guards now that check IDs. Really? So there's no discipline. Yeah, there's no oh, discipline wow. whatsoever. Now all of a sudden, you've got all this stuff you've been able to control with fake data in the schools. And you close the schools, well, all those kids now are going to go out and get criminal records because the police don't care when, 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 you know, when it hits the fan and they got a, you know, a cop's got to get on a call, they're going to see that. That's why in the summertime, crime rate goes up because the kids are out. Sure. You know? Well, I was reading somewhere that uh, the cops in New York, there's over 517 cases just amongst the police. And that's yeah. scary enough, you know. Well, my, my buddy, he's a firefighter, and uh, 30 of their firefighters got corona because they were using the cops to do crowd control. And I, I'm sorry, the firefighters do crowd control and whatnot. And uh, they had uh, the Hasidic Jews were having parties and doing all kinds of weddings. And, you know, the fire department would show up to disperse the crowds, and then they got exposed. Now you've got whole firehouses completely Jesus. shut down, and they're, they're trying to man fire departments with... Uh, guys shuffling around here and there because those actual two or three firehouses completely quarantined. Yeah, New York City is a place where you really can't protect yourself well either, isn't it? Um, right. Well, we're lucky because we're more residential. And I, I started taking stuff more seriously. So my, 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 uh, my in-laws are 100% Italian and uh, nonstop is like Italian TV on the background, like just constantly. <laughs> Believe and, uh, me, I've got Greek in-laws, and it's the same thing. How many 30-year-old males do you have in your family still living at home with mom? What's that? I said, how many 30-year-old males do you still have in your family living at home with mom? <laughs> I'm not too, not too many with me, but the, uh, but the in-laws have the TV on down in their apartment, and they stay uh, with us. We actually we own the building, and then they we saved a unit for them to, to stay with us when they come visit. And uh, so they stay two weeks at a time here and there. You're kind of like Fiona and shit. What's that? <laughs> You're like Fiona on Shameless and shit. You got your own your own building. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they uh, they had the Italian news on like a month before this hit New York. And oh. uh, when it was hitting Italy, it was like no joke. So, you know, I was already getting a sense of what was going on. And then on top of that, because I live over here in the Chinatown, I live literally in the Hasidic Jewish China area, like right on the border. So you started seeing the Chinese and how they were acting all of a sudden. Like, I mean, like I'd say a good percentage wears masks in general. Like yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of hard to tell a change with they, them because they always wear the mask as a daily routine. And for those, right. for those you don't know, um, the thing about the Chinese man, you know, especially here, they don't wear those masks to protect themselves from you. Um, before this happened, I'm saying pre-coronavirus, when you would see the uh, Chinese and the Asians walking around with the mask, they were doing that for you because they were sick. So they weren't wearing masks to prevent from getting sick off of you. Whenever they get sick, they would wear the mask to keep from spreading their common flu and cold to other people because they're that uh, conscious about the people around them. Because over in China, obviously, the population is so damn huge, it's it's just the thing to do. Right. Well, didn't that actually kind of start with SARS? Uh, probably. Which COVID nineteen is actually a SARS disease, but uh, yeah. I believe in the early two thousands when they had the huge SARS outbreak, that's when I really started seeing it. Now out here in Vegas, we do have a a large Chinese population, and 
that was one of the first things I noticed moving here in 2007 was, you know, a lot of the Chinese, a lot of the Asians wore the face mask or full umbrellas and it's sunny as can be. But, That's you know, right. it's a different yeah. culture, right? They want their, their, their skin to be pristine and porcelain-like, you know, the old China doll look and, and, uh, and that. But, yeah, I did notice the face mask. I was out today myself at Sam's. Got in line. We did maintain our distance, thank God. Got in there, found our TP, found a couple of provisions we need. Now we're good for a couple of weeks, hopefully. Got to talk her into that. And uh, we could be, be out. But, yeah, a lot a lot of people are, are rocking the mask, you know, even well, here. Well, they were – I noticed, like, let's say, uh, let's say uh, 25% normally, where all of a sudden it was like 100% of them. So you knew something was going down because they were getting their media from China. And, you know, I was getting also the media from Italy – so before, like, you know, the common American finally woke up and figured out what the hell was going on, I had already stockpiled and was doing things. I was trying to get my wife to stop going to work. Luckily, she works for a very, you know, liberal. She works for Viacom, CBS. They, you know, being a global um, uh, So your wife works of, for the media? Know, yeah, she's the director of finance for Viacom and CBS, yeah. Not to get her in trouble by any means, but, you know, I it's – and it's probably the, the only way I can say this without sounding rude and being a dick. I worked in radio for six and a half years and not so much my station, but when I started working in radio and especially when things started happening, because yes, radio is in fact part of the media. Um, but what I discovered is when you say something on the radio, even if it's a joke, half the population takes it serious. And the other, and you know, mm-hmm. there there are par, a par, uh, part of the population who takes every word you say as being gospel. And so, after seeing it firsthand, I realized because if you if you're not working, in, I guess what I'm getting to is if you never worked in the media or don't know people who's worked in the media, when you hear these people you consider nuts saying don't trust the media, they're making this stuff up, you know, they have um, agendas, blah 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 blah. You're like, well, how can that possibly? Look, it's true. <laughs> once I started working in media, I stopped taking the media so seriously because I realized how easy it is to um, get an agenda across. Because not that we did it, but we would often make up jokes or inside inside little comments that were just kind of a joke. And after people would take it as something that really happened, and you know, we would just continue that joke on for years and years. But it's so easy, and that whether it's newspaper, radio, t- especially TV or the internet just to make shit up out of whole cloth and get people to buy into it. Oh yeah. Well, they, with her being more in the financial area, you, she was getting more of the, mm-hmm. the shutdowns. They were planning, you know, what was going to go on here. And there. So I actually, uh, you know, she was lucky enough that she could work from home early. So we already shut our stuff down. We pulled our daughter out of her daycare a week before they started making decisions. You know, we were ones looking nuts before anybody else thought it was nuts. And so, I mean, we've pretty much, already pre-locked ourselves down and we're actually trying to make our way up to the the farm upstate where her in-laws are at it's just a matter of we had various things we had to tie up on our end and it was actually mm-hmm. looking towards like next friday or this is our our goal but now all of a sudden we're seeing things that uh the president and uh the governor might just lock us in here completely yeah you know i gotta say um your governor regardless of what his politics are, I've been watching him and he, he's a straight fucking shooter, man. He tells it how it is. I love the fact when he told, uh, New York city, you got to get fucking people out of central park. There's other parks that are 400 acres a little further out. Got to get out, spread out. 
uh, close the roads down, let people walk in the road so they can have distancing. Not only did he have issues, he had solutions for said issues. And he's a straight shooter. And I've been watching him a lot when he does his daily uh, he, his daily speeches. He's picked up his he's picked up his game, but uh, he uh, also drops the ball. He's one of those guys where it's like he'll play an A game after the game's over. So that's what you're seeing from him right now. He's playing a hell of a game, but the problem is the game was over a month ago. Yeah. Uh, when so he's in a, he's in a constant mode of catch up then. Well, when they when they started seeing things coming out of China, see we got so many Chinese people, the Chinese New Year took off and there was no, they didn't want to do anything. There was, you know, you're, you're, a, you're you know, you're a bigot, you're a, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you even mentioned. Let's talk about, let's shutting down Chinese New Year. Let's, let's make sure people are coming in and going out. No, it was a free for all. People come and go. I mean, you see your neighbors, like, for instance, my neighbor tells me, hey, can you park my car for me for three weeks? Because we're going to China for New Year. You see people come and go. When you see around Chinese New Year, I mean, we, New York City gets the school days off because the kids don't show up for a few days. We don't have school on Chinese New Year because it's so big. Wow. So it's a oh, wow. it's a big, big, big holiday here. And they were just letting people come and go. And then all of a sudden, the first reports were at universities. And lo and behold, they wouldn't say it, but you knew it was a Chinese student coming back from celebrating or coming back from, you know, having a good time. And all of a sudden, you notice everywhere that was a large Chinese population is where they were first starting to see the blooms. And it was right after the Chinese New Year where they just let everything go. And it was like, what happened there? And then right after that, we started seeing signs of the Hasidic Jewish community starting to have outbreaks. And they let Purim go on. But he wouldn't do it because the way they vote is if one rabbi says you're going to vote for Cuomo, then the whole, Mm -hmm. we're we're talking millions of people Mm -hmm. vote for Cuomo just because one rabbi says so. They voted a block. They don't have a thought for themselves in terms of politically. They they in terms of the Hasidic Jewish community, and so he did not stop Purim. They let busloads come in and out of New York because I mean it's 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 like the one day where imagine like what's the the the, the celebration where the, the the Amish get to go crazy as kids. Oh um, yeah, when they turn sixteen, Rumspringer. They, yeah, Rumspringer. When well, yes, yes. When yes, Amish so, kids turn so, sixteen, they get to go out for a few weeks or a month or whatever and decide if they want to live amongst the quote unquote English or if they want to maintain their their livelihood. Um, most of those cats, they kind of break into that shit beforehand. I've seen they're one. They're what used to be a TV show, but I've heard stories where um, I knew people who grew up in those areas, Ohio and Pennsylvania, where those the Amish kids at school they would tell their parents they're staying and studying. They would go out to local stores and they would buy our clothing and leave them at their friend's house. And so even long before they do the rump spring of stuff, they would just go to the friend's house, change into the English clothes, go out party and do all the debauchery and then go home and go back to their friend's house, change and then ride the buggy back home and pretend like nothing was going on. Teenagers right. are teenagers. That, Doesn't matter kind of Amish or not. For the set of Jews. Yep. Well, they, um, well they, Martin, they, they get in costume for a night and they, they go crazy and they do everything they can do. And they let that go on. And then they even said, we're going to finally quarantine the day after Purim's done. And then as soon as that happened, it was, it was out and about. I mean, it just, Too late. we had two incidences where they could have stopped or they could have done something. And people did ask them to, but they didn't want to do it for political reasons. And then once the cat was out of the bag, 
you know, now they're playing the game of now let's look like we're going to do something. It's like you should have done something when you knew you had it, but politically you didn't, you know? Yeah. Well, Martin, stay safe, stay healthy. Hopefully you can yes. get the hell out of Dodge and go up to the farm and, and get the fuck away from people. But thanks for calling in and uh, just uh, keep in touch with us. Let us know how things are going. All right, guys, you uh, enjoy. And uh, yeah, I just saw that Florida's uh screening all New Yorkers coming down your way. They're, uh, all states are now, you see Rhode Island, uh, they got state troopers out that if you got a New York plate, they're, uh, they're turning you away. It's, it's, uh, so I just see the signs are on the wall next that uh, they're going to just shut us down. And they can because the only way you can get into New York City and Long Island is from bridge and tunnel. The only way out is if you had a private boat yeah. and you made a run for it in your boat. That's it's making me think of the show The Strange. If anybody's uh, ever seen about that, but uh, 12 to 20, maybe 12, well, 12 million in New York City, a couple more million. You're talking the ability to just shut off a few tunnels, a few bridges, and you've got yourself quarantined, you know, X amount of millions of people in, in no time. Well, there's a reason why they had a prison state movie called Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. stay yeah, safe, we'll, we'll man. And uh, we'll, we'll and be then, thinking uh, of you. But I enjoy the show, guys. It's, uh, I try to I try to pop on and watch you guys from time to time, and here and there. If you can't watch it, you can always download it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Music Play, anything where fine podcasts are available. You can listen to it in your car. You can listen to it while you're working out. You can listen to it while you're stuck in your house. So um, absolutely, <laughs> if you guys can't sit here and watch the whole video, we completely understand. The video is kind of a a sample of what the show's about, so that um, when you want to hear what else happened on the show, you can just download it. And uh, obviously, you can go to D hyphen four ten as well as all the previous places. But thanks, Martin. Stay safe. All right, guys. Take care. Yeah, all right. You know, there's people out there who say there's a lot more going on than they're telling us. And I had a conversation the other night, and I'm tending to believe that. And then we'll we'll change conversations here. Okay. I was trying to get a uh, nurse on the show to give some yes. frontline <laughs> um, description of what's going on, and she was she was reluctant because they are being told by their hospitals not to talk to any media whatsoever about what's going on. So that's a little. So concerning. they got a they got a gag order basically. Yeah, and I don't know if they're trying to protect us from truth or information about. Or it could be from this misinformation because people's opinions vary. Uh, uh, cases vary so wildly from location to location, too. Well, not only that, but so, they may not be worried so much about inaccurate information getting out about uh, COVID-19. They may be, may be more concerned about truth getting out about how unepprepared a lot of these hospitals are and the lack of supplies and the things they're going through. They may want but to But I thought that was no secret. I mean, it's, it's all over the news that they've run out of, especially New York, running out of beds. Bryant ran out of beds. Yeah, but... I know out here... <clears throat> but when you have a, a media, you know, those hospitals, they have a secretary of media, if you will, and, oh, yeah. and they can control the information that gets out. Whereas if you have the employees who may be a little disgruntled, worn out, tired, upset, maybe they've been asking for things that they haven't been getting and they feel like, you know, they're not being listened to that. That's a whole different conversation that you'd probably want to avoid, um, you know, getting out there. Yeah. So to continue my story, did you know in the year 1973, one year before I was born, uh, customers cleared store shelves of rolls for a month based on little more than rumors, fears, and a joke. That's how this has happened before. What 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 was the rumor and the joke? What was the um, catalyst that started people looking out for toilet paper? 
Well, from this article that I'm reading uh, from Business Insider, that at the time Americans were already worrying about the limited supplies of products like gasoline, because as we know, the gasoline crisis was going on, Mm -hmm. electricity and onions of all things. Uh, A government press release warned of a potential shortage in toilet paper, which led to uh, a lot of press coverage, but no outright panic buying until Johnny Carson, which we know, uh, you know, if those who don't know, he was a famous late night guy, joked about this during his opening monologue. And instead of laughing, people took this seriously and began to hoard toilet paper. As I've said previously, when you're doing a, <clears throat> comedy radio show or a television show and you make a comment that's supposed to be funny kind of a wink and a nudge half the show will get it they'll be a part of the joke and the other half will think it's a serious topic and you know uh, go the completely other other way with it yeah absolutely and um, i'm going to kind of change directions here so we can have uh maybe some fun tonight uh in in some levity in this in these times and it's going to start off as a complaint, but I think, uh, it's insightful and it's one thing that had drives me nuts. You know, what really it seems grinds to be a certain gears. segment of the population. What's that? Who talk on user speakerphone in public. Oh, these fucking people. What the F man? Seriously. You, I mean, you know, what's worse than the guy who does the speakerphone in public, the guy who does the video chats in fucking public. And so not only, are they on speaker, but they're holding their phone doing the video thing. And so not only can you hear what they're talking about, but you can hear the more that they're talking to. And I have a policy that probably might get me punched one day. And I would probably be deserving of it. And I've done this once or twice when I've been a little, little uh, crazy. I feel that if you're having a conversation using speakerphone or video chat and a gas station let's say and you're got three or four people behind the line that we're all welcome to jump into that conversation because you're making us all part of it absolutely so I when you're talking you about your boyfriend or you know you're talking to the girl whose boyfriend cheated on him or what this that and that we should be allowed to throw in our two cents because why else would you make that conversation to where we can all hear it or even escalate that conversation a little you know, oh, yeah. pretend that you're the, the cheat, you know, the, the, the side piece or something. Yeah, you know? like peak of the short. Jesus, I can understand why he did it. Long as I am. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it got, and it just, and, and they're not even quiet about it. It's, it's no. full volume. They're, they're, it is yelling across the, the space. No, you, know? you young cats won't get this for people our age, a little bit older. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the rich people in the early '90s who could afford cell phones when the rest before the rest of us could have them. So they felt look at me, look at me. Yeah, so they would intentionally have these conversations walking around there. Yes, and so I told him that I would see him in court and blah 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 blah. And they would walk around like they're the cock of the walk because they had something that no one else had. Or the guy who would show up and your your phone would ring at home. Hey man, what's going on? Look out in your driveway, man. What? Look out your driveway. You pee out in the driveway, and he's sitting there on his phone with the big brick fucking car phone. I'm calling you from your driveway, man. Ain't that cool? I seem to have a memory from when I went to Hamilton Middle School. Mm-hmm. There is a very dapper uh, a black kid who, who dressed very nicely and carried a, a portable phone with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
not not I even mean, the, was it the Zach Morris phone or was it the one that actually had the like, battery pack? Oh, the battery pack. I mean, it was the it was basically like a briefcase. Maybe it was a briefcase, but I thought there was a phone phone associated with it at, at one point in time. And it almost seems like one of them roles that somebody would write for a really crappy comedy movie like mm-hmm. an American Pie. Well, American Pie was a good one, but, you know, just a character there. And it was just one of those things that, that stuck out with me. Uh, you know, I also had a uh, – I'm just now thinking, you know, kind of going off on a side here uh, in middle school when Top Gun was big. Yes, I am that old. Uh, there was a couple of friends who wore the the Tom Cruise style bomber jackets, and yes, we did live next to an International Guard. Base but not 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 the, the hair not the quality leather ones, but the the oh, Naga hide ones, the ones that yeah, was I had, cheap. I actually had one briefly. The Naga hide <laughs> ones, yeah, those are great. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I just had a flashback. So I knew somebody in California, and uh, she was telling me that she went to school with the kid who played in Big with Tom Hanks. The kid who okay. wore the the the, the, the jacket, Tom Hanks' yeah. character's best friend, and I think he shot that movie when he was maybe in fifth or sixth grade, possibly seventh. I can't remember how old. I think they're supposed to be like thirteen in that, so they would have been seventh grade. Okay. He his acting career didn't really go off anywhere after that, <laughs> and according to her, he was so trying to hang on to that popularity that he had from when he was in that movie amongst the kids at their school. That in high school he was still trying to squeeze into that because I guess they let him keep the jacket from the movie that he wore, and so in high school he's like trying to squeeze into the same jacket he wore in that movie, trying to hold. And at that point it just got pathetic because that's, you know, when the movie's out and it's desperate middle aged woman trying to get back into her prom dress, right? Yeah, like when the movie's out and you're young, you're 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 cool and you could talk about that. That might get you three, two or three years, but after a while, it's like okay, yeah, shut up, we don't care, we we've heard it. Yep. <laughs> it's old hat. Oh, it is so old sad. hat. So uh, I started today watching a, a show that is all the rage right now. You ain't talking and about the show with the things and stuff, are you? I am. And, and those kind of shows and those kind of people, one of the turnoffs is, is I think of the smell. <sighs> when people yeah. have a lot of animals, that's the first thing I think of is the smell. You ain't and, watched the whole series yet, have you? I have not, but I, I was pretty not happy to see the guy rocking this shirt right here. Yes. Stand up, <laughs> yep. It was funny. When we were watching that, I, I told Carrie, I said, yeah, I bet Clutch is thrilled that he's a, he's a member of their audience. Oh, my God. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Maybe they'll come out with a song about it. But uh, Well, I just yeah, I didn't I, know how much I could talk about because I don't know. How, how many episodes are you in? I'm literally into the maybe the first 20 minutes of the very first episode. Oh, okay, was, well. I was cleaning. I was like, you know what? I got to stop this. I got to get Katina involved. I won't give anything away, but one thing I will tell the takeaway that I had is apparently every down-home generic zookeeper has an overwhelming desire to make their own music video. Oh, God. (laughs) And I I think I did see something about that in the preview. (laughs) And I will say, sadly, the lyrics suck, but Joe Exotic actually had a decent country voice. You'll, You'll see some of his videos. And if he actually had a songwriter writing quality lyrics and a decent producer, he may have actually had an opportunity to do some minor league uh, country singing because he actually had a pretty decent voice once it was produced and processed. Them hang out with Wheeler Walker Jr. I'm sure they'll come up with some gems. I got the episode. But, um, I've, I've seen every episode, but I got the episode too, and I went on a Twitter, and I said, there's not a single person on this show that isn't fucking completely insane. They're all nuts. 
This is like the this is like the type of people that import and export Steve would associate with. Every one he may of these, be that he may be one of these people. Every one of these cats, man. And the one guy I think he even said on episode one, he just said big cat people are fucking insane. And they are. This if you guys haven't watched this show, you've you gotta watch it. Do we know a big cat person? Yeah. But, yeah well, I, she's I a big so. she's a big house cat person. She's not yeah. a big cat person. But isn't her big house cat's technically a wild cat? It's a savannah. No, it's oh, a serval. Yeah, it's a serval cat. Yeah, those are African wildcats. I think that's legit. Uh, Ooh, huh. the plot thickens. Uh, joining in from the Facebook live stream, Amanda Stamis says she heard that that wasn't even his voice. He was doing some Millie Vanilli stuff. That'll be interesting. That will. Now, one real quick question. Mm-hmm. Did they start, because this looks like this is taking a, over a period of five years. So were they actually really filming with things going on with him for this documentary as it progressed? Well, without spoiling anything for you, I will just say that they were shooting a documentary. Um, of, well, the guy says at the beginning, he was, he, he got want to know how to help people can be driving around snow leopards in the back of their van. And so he started shooting a documentary and I'm, this really didn't give anything away, but the guy who's producing their web series show, He's from Ohio, isn't he? He he used to actually be Bill, uh, work for a news station Bill O'Reilly worked for. They show some clips where he's doing stunts for Bill O'Reilly and all that back in the day before Bill O'Reilly's political. But he actually agreed to produce their online show so okay. that he can get in there because he was actually trying to put together a reality show and sell a reality show to Discovery Channel about Joe Exotic and what was going on. And so that's why there was so much footage in the early years. So it's one of those where he thought it'd be one thing and it's turned out to be. It's one of those right place, a great thing, (laughs) right place, (laughs) right time, won the fucking lottery. And this, I I meant to go on the big uh, cat rescue Facebook page to see what their current um, membership is and to see how much, if it, if it all plummets from the bad publicity that they get. But there's no one in this fucking documentary that comes out, look like a hero. I'll tell you that right now. Not a one. Any of these people mimic people that we have known throughout our lives? Well, see, once again, I'm trying not to spoil it for you, but let, <laughs> let me just say that anybody who works at these places, either one, they have a a vice, or two, okay. they are very codependent and looking for a cult because they get more into some of the uh, other um, places, and it's very cultish. Let me just say that. Um, you just gotta keep like, like drinking the Kool-Aid cultish. Well, without giving anything away, a lot of these cats who work at these zoos, they're living mm-hmm. on premise and making a hundred dollars a week. Oh boy. <laughs> so they're not getting rich. The people who own the zoos are getting rich, but the people who work there, they're basically, um, living there. Boys. <laughs> they're living there to have access. Well, not just at Joe's place, but at the other two places too. Uh, the one chick, the chicken Tampa doesn't pay any of her people. They're all volunteers. So this chick is like her overheads very, with the exception of feeding the tigers and maintaining the zoo. She has no employee cost. All her people volunteer. So no stipends, nothing like that. Joe pays his guys like a hundred dollars a week and they live in trailers and like eat out of the trash. And then the other cat, um, basically most of his employees are chicks and he's got like a harem of women. So it's just, like I said, there's no winners on this thing. They're all fucking insane. And there's more characters that get introduced that you haven't even seen yet. Uh, this is, this is a very close, um, race to the, uh, wonderful whites of West Virginia. We're not quite there yet, but it's, it's, 
in the craziness department. It's fucking out there. So you can always have a crazy ass cracker off between these two. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yes, white people, we're nuts. Apparently. But no, there's it, <laughs> n- dude. It it's so funny because something happens that's just so fucking insane that you'll just you'll be dumbfounded. And then something in comparison minor happens and they're like, once this happened, things completely changed. And it's like, dude, are you insane? You had a 10 happen and everything was cool. Then you had a one and a half happen. And now, now you're upset. It's just the, the people on here are just so they're like carnies, dude. It's the only thing I can say. They're so fucking crazy. Oh my God. It just, they're, I don't it's just basically Joe would, you know, he would find out that there was like somebody who's sleeping at the bus station, like who just came to town. Had he, his whole thing was to find, you know, ramblers and homeless people basically and say, I'll give you a hundred dollars a week and you can sleep in a trailer on my property. And so, so he, the biggest derelicts out there. Yeah. He would go out and find drug addicts and just, you know, <clears throat> fucking ramblers and people who were just, you know, had no place to go. Cause who else would do that kind of, I mean, you haven't seen it yet, but I mean, they're getting cows delivered from the slaughterhouse and they're like out there with hatchets and saws, cutting them up by hand and feeding the tigers with them. Who the fuck's going to do that for a dollar a week? I mean, a hundred dollars a day, a week. Well, when you get a chance, reach out to import export, Steve, and find out if he knows anything about this guy. Who knows? He may have, uh, he may know people associated or he may have been. I'll put a, I'll put a call into him, but I I think he's locked down somewhere, but I'll, I'll see if I can get a hold of him. (laughs) Yeah. He may be uh, locked down out of country at this point. So um, with everything that's going on, I'm still working. Are, are, have you started an apocalypse beard yet? I I got a I got a pretty strong beard growing, but it's no longer than any of my normal beards. Um, I just have it because I don't like to shave and I'm semi lazy. But you know, we here in Florida, we're only like a week into this thing, as far as the um, mandatory lockup. Uh-huh. Did you notice like three days on? Three days ago on Facebook, like the big thing was everybody like freaking out saying they need a haircut. Oh yeah, it's gonna be uh there's gonna be some Who are these people with a strict two week haircut policy? I gotta get my haircut every two weeks. Really? I mean you're you've been on lockdown, those stores have been closed for two weeks, and now all of a sudden you need to find an underground barber who doesn't give a shit who's gonna come cut your hair. It's like that's the last thing on my fucking mind. I mean, my hair's a hot mess right now. What about all these uh these ladies who uh dye their hair? No, hair dye is plentiful right now. I mean, that's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah but I think the quality is going to go down. <laughs> I think things are going to look a little sketchy here. Everybody's going to look like a tweaker at some point in time. What I'm more concerned yeah, no. with is how do we, how do we get the kids to understand that? Um, how do we control their boredom and stress eating? That these kids are home all day long, and how do you control your own boredom and stress eating? Well, I will say my diet has gone a little off the rails, but my off the rail diet is probably most people's normal diets. And what I mean by that is I've been eating, I've been eating some pretzels and potato chips lately, but um, I still soda staying away from soda still. No, I've I've been drinking sodas, but I I drink the small ones, but, um, but it's really not so much of a big deal because my, I burn so many goddamn calories a day that I'm, I'm able to maintain it. So like today I went out and ran, I went out and ran 3.5 miles uh, before the show tonight, and I did that in 27 minutes. And so, you know, I'm trying to see how many calories I burnt today. But I just burned so many calories anyhow that I can, you know, if basically if I would have stopped drinking the sodas and completely go full-blown 
insane, super healthy diet guy, I would probably have like no body fat, but because I do burn calories and I'm not too concerned, you know, my weight fluctuates like by one or three pounds up and down back and forth. I maintain between 215 and 213. So it's like, I'm not going to completely withhold myself from everything that's good. Now, if it gets to the point where I can't go out and run and exercise, then yes, I will control my diet more so that the calorie intake doesn't overbear me. But since I'm still able to run and burn so many calories, I'm not too concerned with it right now. How's uh, how's Nugget doing on the um, board kit at home front? Well, and that's the thing. She went out and ran with me twice in the last three days, but she's kind of, you know, she's boredom eating. She's she gets up, she eats and a few hours she eats and then she eats again. And one, it's like, obviously for diet and health, we don't want you eating all the time, but two, we're locked down. And you know, the things, the things the stores have, they have plenty, plenty up, but there's a lot of things they don't have. And so it's like, you need to kind of slow your roll on how much crap you're going to consume. Cause we may go back next time and they may not have that particular item in stock until, Next week, I will say down here locally at Publix, I we did have hamburger back on the shelf, so I was able to get some hamburger and chicken the other day. Was able to get some chicken. Have yet to see hamburger out this way. I, I got two pounds of hamburger. I did call mom and got her advice on how to make what we are now affectionately refer, referring to as Kentucky Fried Potatoes. So I got her recipe on fried potatoes, and I made some steak and potatoes last night. So that was delectable. Good. Well, because before before we had hamburger and all the all the meats were sold out, they had premium cut steaks there. So I bought two of them just to throw in the back of the freezer in case things got real crazy where we couldn't find any protein at all. But you know, now that we have hamburger on the shelves, we just pulled them out and enjoyed some steak and some uh, potatoes last night. It's getting bad. We got to break out the wagyu. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a paycheck's worth of meat right here in this eight ounces. Before we get into the news, <laughs> we try to stay away from the politics, but I'm going to. Ask a favor of you guys who are watching. When the election season comes around, regardless what your party of affiliate is, when it comes time to vote for Senate seats and congressional seats, can we vote out the incumbents, all of them, both sides? The fact that this bill took so long to pass because each side was trying to cram unnecessary bullshit pork as it were into this thing and by the way there is some pork into this thing i got past there is some tremendous amount of insanity things going on like one of the things like if you're a big corporation and you get any money you have to agree to you basically have to start reporting numbers on um on your i don't know they just got all this diversity um stuff built into it and just all kinds of things that have nothing to do with what's going on and there's just so much insanity that was put in this bill that regardless if they're Democrats, Republicans or whatever you are, yeah, let's just vote all these fuckers out. Let's get a new batch I, of people in there and hopefully the next batch will be a little bit better. And the next time we'll like vote somebody see. else in and then they might be even a little bit more better, but let's just get rid of these fucking assholes because they clearly do not care about us or our families. You know what I'd like to see? I would like to see, um, yeah, it's it, the, the people who add in the things, the pork and the insanity, they're listed in the bill, but I would actually like to see the, the speaker or somebody say, hey, who's the asshole who added this? Or at least call them out 
on their face. You know, why is this in here? This has nothing to do with what's going on now. Well, they're not going to tell know? you the and truth. Just publicly shame them. They're not going to tell you the and, truth. And I think that's what needs to happen. It's it's ridiculous. They're not going to tell you the truth, but the truth is they got people they're beholden to who got them in office. Oh, yeah. The the chickens are coming home to roost, oh. and this is their time to pay off the the bribes and you know the kickbacks and everything else. Well, what's the old saying? Never let a good tragedy go to waste. It's just insane. These guys are such assholes, especially yeah, Nancy Pelosi. We just got to get rid of all of them. Get rid of all, all of them. Absolutely. I am with you 100%. So um, uh, We didn't talk about it like two weeks ago. My dog started having seizures really bad. Yeah. How is how is he doing? Well, he's doing better. Okay. Um, we got him on seizure pills, like $50 a bottle. <laughs> but my two cats are older than him. And mm-hmm. before the show tonight, Pity had a seizure. No, no. Uh, she had one two days ago. And so right so now. What's 12, 13. Yeah, she's about 12 or 13. Tucker's like 11 and Loki's a little bit like maybe 13, 14. Or they're, they're all within there, maybe one or two years off. But they're okay. all older. Luckily, Loki's getting a little senile. He walks around. He's the bangle cat. He walks around just screaming at the fucking top of his lungs all night long. Every once in a while he well, loses he, his mind. But He's always done that though, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's getting he's getting weird. But sat and he's going he does this thing now in the morning where he insists on getting under the covers and then he'll attack you with his claws. It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> and you put him on the floor and he climbs right. He can't jump up on the bed anymore, so he climbs up with his claws because he's that old and he just attacks you. But no, sadly, Pity had a seizure tonight, so now I'm gonna have to try to take her to the bed and I'll probably have to get her on some fifty dollars. So before too long, I'll be like a hundred and eight dollars into animal med- anti seizure pills a month for these two animals and. So it's now become kind of an animal's old folk home. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, with the exception of the birds who are all in their 20s. Um, Pity and uh, Pity and Loki and Tucker are the oldest. And then um, Little Girl and Duchess, um, I don't know how, they're younger. But yeah, it's it's going to be suck if we lose both of them around the same time. Absolutely. But uh, hopefully uh, hopefully things iron out. I mean, you can, you can manage the health of a pet and actually keep them pretty... Um, a pretty good quality of life is what I'm trying to say for a while. But uh Are you ready yeah, to hey, do the news? I am ready to do the news. So let's do this. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I trust you scoured the internet, you scoured the TV, the newspapers, the um, the wire, and even went out on Morse code to try to find something that doesn't have anything to do with the goddamn COVID-19. How was your quest? So-so. <laughs> but we're going to start off out here in Las Vegas. I want to introduce you to one 24-year-old Jacob Berkovitz. What's up, Jake? And, 20- and 27-year-old Tanya Dillard. So these two were up to some shenanigans. You don't say. Yeah, their shenanigans were uh, apparently they uh, apparently they uh, <laughs> decided to uh, uh, hop online and uh, basically they robbed and killed an individual. Oh, not like a real a piece of shit. Ad. Like if a piece uh, of shit ate a piece of shit and took a pee and shit, you're that, that piece, piece of shit. shit. That's about being surrounded by turds. So he's an asshole, sir. Yeah, they are assholes. So a man was robbed and killed by a couple after responding to a dating ad. Las Vegas police said homicide is under investigation where a body had been discovered inside a home near Lake Mead and Lamb Boulevard on Friday evening. Officers found a body inside a bathroom of the home located in the 2200 block of North Colebrook Street at about 5 p.m. 
Uh, police said that they received a tip earlier in the day that a woman and her boyfriend had killed a person. I wonder who tipped them off. Uh, these who the hell do you tell about that? Hey, man, what what'd you do today? Killed a motherfucker. What, do what now? We killed a motherfucker. We uh, how how did you kill a motherfucker when we're supposed to be at home? You're on self-quarantine, remember? Uh, you know, people get a little randy at this self-quarantine. <sighs> it's crazy. Did they yep. say what dating app it was? Was it like Grinder or Tinder? Um, Plenty of fish? Mm, <laughs> nope. Uh, they don't say, which is kind of funny. I met my wife on a dating website. But um, needless to I got say. One, I got that beat. Karen, I met on MySpace. Oh, there you go. I want to show my age. MySpace. Anyway, they uh, the LVMPD homicide detective said that Dillard and Ver- Berkovitz had posted a dating ad to lure a person, and they had planned to rob and killed whoever answered. The investigation determined that the man did respond to the ad and picked up Dillard and Berkovitz on March 27th. That's how recent this is. He then brought them uh, to his residence, and once inside the home, the man was robbed and killed. So it, to me, it sounds like this is definitely using whatever's going on out there, the f- great fiasco. I don't know how related it is, but hopefully we don't see these stats going up, uh, especially if people start getting desperate. Um, but they have been charged for uh, – they have been transported to the Clark County Detention Center. Uh, Martin Mazika said they probably met on Farmers Only. (laughs) (laughs) They had the greatest commercials ever. I miss the Farmers Only commercials. Yeah, they've kind of changed this last couple of years, and they don't. It it was it says Farmers Only. The last one I saw said FarmersOnly.com, not only for farmers. I'm like, but it's called FarmersOnly.com. Anyway. I digress. So basically they were charged with a murder with a deadly weapon. Well, I mean, how else are you going to murder somebody unless it's with your fist? Uh, Conspiracy to commit murder, robbery with a deadly weapon, and a conspiracy to commit robbery. So anybody who does have further information on this incident is urged to contact the LVMPD homicide section at 702-828-3521. That's just in case there's people who uh, are listening out this way who know about it. So real quick, I just while we're on a topic of in case you know and this and that. If anybody listening to this podcast or watching this stream, if any of y'all know somebody who works over at the fine place, I think it's Activision who made the new Call of Duty. They rolled out the free Warzone, which is great. Probably the best Call of Duty that's come out in a while. By the way, if you're playing Warzone, if you're not playing Blood Money, you're just wasting your time. That battle royal shit where you die and gotta wait 30 minutes. That's that's for the birds. Play uh, Blood Money. But as I'm sure some of y'all know, and this is very important stuff, and I apologize for interrupting the news, but this affects all of us in the time of crisis. They put out an update. And for whatever reason, after 13 years, the fine people at Call of Duty decided that they need to change the left bumper or the right bumper buttons and no longer do you have your primary bump grenade on the right bumper and the secondary grenade on the left bumper. They took these, what they call the ping button. That's how you call people out, much like in the game Battlefield. 
which used to be a simple thing. You'd hold down the left trigger, you hit up on the D-pad, and you would call them out. Now they move that to the right bumper, which means in order to use your grenades, you have to cycle through them using the left bumper and the D-pad, and it's just a clusterfuck for the fingers. You guys completely destroyed up the battle uh, contents of the controller, and it's a complete nightmare. It's damn near unplayable. You need to fix it back. I apologize for interrupting your news with that, but you guys destroyed your game with a simple th- button change, and you need to knock that shit off and put it back. Back to you, Gordon. So, uh, one of the things we've, I don't hear it, didn't hear a whole lot of talk about, but it's starting to to peak up now is during this crisis. What about the homeless? So I will say our, um, our, our mass transit still running. I'm seeing the lead county buses going. They're almost empty, Mm -hmm. but people are still riding them. Yes, they are. So we had a a homeless guy at the Catholic charities, homeless shelter come up with COVID-19 and uh, this probably had them shut it down. So what the city is now doing is, at least in Las Vegas, they're setting up temporary homeless shelter uh, at Cashman Center. Cashman Center is where our our former Double um, A baseball team used to play. Now they they play up here towards Summerlin. But due to the closure of Catholic Charities, the city of Las Vegas, Clark County, and area homeless providers are setting up a temporary shelter for the homeless on the upper parking lot of the Cashman Center. Uh, the location will be tonight and will run through April 3rd. It is anticipated that Catholic Charities Homeless Shelter and the corridor uh, in the Corridor of Hope will reopen in the meantime. So uh, the past week, Southern Nevada Health District has announced that a homeless man tested positive for COVID-19, COVID-19, and as a result, the shelter run by Catholic Charities closed temporarily. So this put about 500 individuals out on the street without shelter. Um, well, we knew that was going to happen. And, yeah. And, you know, Obviously, we didn't see this coming, but you and I were talking about, gosh, about four or five months ago, Dr. Drew was on podcast talking about how if L.A. doesn't get their homeless population under control, they're going to have typhoid fever and all kinds of plague running around. And they actually started having problems. And this was long before um, what we're going through now is happening. And so it's just. We, it, what are you it, playing with there? I'm playing with a uh, 80 year old uh, gas mask. It's a non-combatant gas mask. See. Back when we were concerned about um, the Germans and the Japanese dropping chemical warfare on our country, the United States government made these gas masks and issued them for, to the public. Um, sadly, They're probably full of asbestos. Right? Well, that's what I was going to say. Sadly, this filter, it looks like an oil filter, is made from asbestos, which is why I'm not putting it on. But um, I got it on eBay for 12 bucks. It, it fits great with my World War II collection. But it, it's, it's kind of crazy the, to think that you would have multiples of these sitting around your house in case the Germans or the Japanese dropped chemical warfare on your towns. It's just nuts. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, they're, uh, they're setting up some more shelters. Uh, the homeless, I've actually seen less homeless on the streets around here, obviously because there's less driving and less way to make money. But uh, it's just one thing you didn't hear about. And, and it's interesting was when uh, Governor Sisolak was locking down the state for the most part, you know, he said, you know, Did you say Sisolak, to- like Mo Sisolak from the Simpsons? We, we like to call him Sleestack. Um, oh. gotcha. One of the things he said is do not get, uh, you know, in groups of greater than 10, no businesses, except for the homeless. <laughs> it was actually a line in there. Really? They actually the put that in there? Is that like a hint? Yeah. Like, let's, let's let the homeless problem sort itself out? <laughs> I, almost I mean, that's, so. that's bad I mean, politics. he is a liberal, but it just, I, it's, it's. I don't know. It's, of all it's, people it you don't want getting collected are the people who live in the street who don't have access to bathe a soap and water. 
Exactly. And that's what I think they need to set up is these uh, maybe some shower facilities for them, some temporary mm-hmm. shower facilities mm-hmm. where where they can get, you know, down there in the corridor, I hope, and, and at um, – and at Cashman Center, just you know, so these guys can get cleaned up. Yeah, that, you know, you know I didn't think about that. Come through here, get some of those solar showers like campers use. Set up some porta johns, and just let, let them come let and rip. And maybe I uh, can donate some new clothes, dump these clothes, mm-hmm. get some new ones. You know, there's uh, and I think there's still plenty of free clothing out there for people. Um, the out here, the uh, closed down casinos had donated a lot of food to uh, Three Square and and other. Um, organizations that help, you know, the downtrodden and those who are unfortunately out of work. So at least they're they're doing that much. Um, and I, I got one more story, sadly, and it was in Vegas too. I really was having a hard time. Uh, oh, this sure. is a little positive out of the quarantine. Uh, car enthusiasts participate in a quarantine cruise down the Vegas Strip today. Nice. Because. You know, if the strip's pretty much empty except for everybody driving down the strip filming saying, look how empty the strip is, what other way to do a nice car cruise than down the strip when there's no traffic or very little? So traffic was certainly lighter with the locals limiting their travel as part of social distancing measures. This is especially true on the Las Vegas Strip, but members of a local car club are trying to bring some life back to the area. No cars, no visitors. The eerie sight of the Las Vegas Strip during the time of social distancing. It does look like a ghost town, by the way. I, I need to get down there. Uh, the normal bustling scene is devoid of life. However, that quickly changed this morning. The caravan of classic and antique cars cruised down the world-famous street, which was a breath of fresh air for the car enthusiasts. Rolling down the uh, street in my suit's full. Yeah, so they're very grateful, said Michael Facino, vice president of Las Vegas Antique Automobile Club of America. Uh he organized a quarantine cruise on the strip after a member uh, after a member of his club suggested it. So they went ahead and started making phone calls. It took it from there, and now they had about 100 cars out there today. So they're proud of the collaboration with the city to meet the needs of the homeless population. And pre- and uh, and and I'm sorry that ran into another story the previous. But anyway, it worked out well, um, and uh, they got um, probably some pretty good social media out of it and some filming. So. Uh, and this time, let's try to find the silver line in everything we can do, you know. Have you done any <clears throat> real lifestyle changes? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm losing my breath. Not only have we been talking for an hour straight, I actually did a podcast last night for the, the OG5 and the Patreon, but <laughs> the digital gods are not <laughs> on my side. Being consistently inconsistent. <laughs> that podcast will never be heard because there was a glitch in the software and it kept overlapping. So when you play it, you just hear 33 conversations with the same two people going on. Carrie and I did an hour-long episode of What's in Your Head last night. So over the last two days, I've talked for an hour straight or longer. And so now my voice is starting to go. But one of the changes I've made, one thing I have been doing is I went to the uh, – now. I know you're not supposed to go out and buy this stuff. You're supposed to leave it for the medical people, but the medical people aren't going down to AutoZone and buying non-latex rubber gloves because it's not really sanitary because they're non-latex. I got the Black Raven gloves because I work on people's keyboards and mice, and next to a cell phone, there's nothing dirtier and have more germs on it than a keyboard and a mouse. Right. And so I keep these gloves in my, my truck. I've been wearing them now. Not just I'll pull one out to save. Like when I go into the store to touch the buttons on the um, keypads not only the gas pump but like when i go inside to pay i put it on uh when i walked around Publix the other day i actually had um both gloves on and i don't 
I know it probably looks. I haven't done it, but I've seen I've seen fishermen do it around here. The um, those gaskets they put on their neck to save them from the sun that you can pull up over your face. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the fishermen wearing those in Publix because, from what I understand, I heard a doctor say it's the droplet moistures that carry this, and that's why they're saying stay six right. feet away. And I know Adam from um, MythBusters has a a video he put out where he's doing infrared. He's standing in front of a six foot measuring wall and he's breathing out fluids. And you mm-hmm. see it only goes about three feet. So that extra three feet is a safety buffer. But right. they're saying you want to prevent the droplets of moisture from getting to any of your orifices. And so with that being said, it probably does provide some protection, even if you use your T-shirt or use those um, neck gaskets to pull up over your mouth and nose when you're... Because when you're out the store, yes, you can keep social distance from people in the aisle. It's hard to do, but you can do it. But the credit card swiper is not six feet away from the, the cashier. Correct. And that person has been standing within two feet of hundreds of people that day. Yep. And so that's the person you really want to kind of not breathe too much around. <laughs> and for every one person, she's probably, t- you know, contaminated by 10, right? Yeah. Um, we do actually, we've had some gloves for a while that we, we've kept around the house. And I did start using them when I go pump gas. And at the store <sighs> today, I had them on. Uh, I had it changed. I think I changed out twice. But uh, just trying to use a little extra care right now this um, episode of the waterman and d train show is brought to you by our friends at, at computers at computers have been providing it solutions for all of southwest florida since 2004 right now it's been more important than ever with everybody working at home you're opening up your computer networks to um, potential security risk if you're using remote desktop you really need to get set up with two-form authentication at computers can help you out with that super low monthly cost on that and more importantly this um encryption ransomware shit is all over the place and people's data is getting encrypted. And if you're backing up your data using a local hard drive that's plugged into a USB port or a NAS server on your local network, that worm will potentially uh, not only, I know for a fact, because I've seen it happen, encrypt all the data on your backup on any USB drive and or USB docking station on the hard drive. Anything connected directly to that computer will get encrypted, but um, it will populate through your network. Anybody sharing files off of that source will get encrypted. So make sure you are backing up your data online. And right now, give at computers a call at 239-283-1120. Say the word podcast, and they will hook you up with online backup for $0.07 cents a gig per month. So give them a call 239-283-1120. And if you're having regular computer problems, and even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, give them a call as long as your internet works and your computer works well enough that the mouse might move a little bit when we're trying to work on it. Give us a call and we can log in your computer remotely and fix you that way. Give us a call at 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com. So one of the things that, um, before we were out of here, you asked if I change in my daily life is, uh, I, I unfortunately have a CPAP machine, uh-huh. but I had bought what's called a Lumen. It's a uh, UV uh, sterilizer. And, you know, these things are not a gimmick. I work, uh, in electrical, do a lot of hospitals and a lot of them are start going to these <clears throat> lights that flip the UV that sterilize rooms. And, uh, I, instead of just doing my CPAP machine, I now run my cell phone in it every day, my keys, my everything I got that's going to touch my face. And I'm noticing D train, you're not wearing contacts, are you? Oh yeah. I'm putting my uh, dirty ass fingers they're, in my they're, eyes. They're telling you no now because <clears throat> it's your orifice, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I wore glasses all day. I put in the contacts when I went up for a run because it's hard to run in glasses. Yes, it is. Um, Martin well, Razika had a good tip. He said, wash your car keys. And um, now when he goes out in public, he only takes his ID and one debit card. 
leaves the rest of it at home, leaves the wallet at home. When he gets home, he washes said debit card and ID every time. And I have heard people say that you should um, kind of do what doctors and nurses do as a regular habit on a normal day, which is they don't wear their shoes inside. So you can take that for what it's worth as well. You can leave your shoes in the garage or on your front porch and do the full-blown Mr. Rogers. Yep, I'm with you on that. But uh, that's it for the news. I think that is all I have for the evening. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for a long-ass time. A lot of viewers hanging in and came back after the first debacle. And uh, you hear us talking a lot about the OG5. Right now is really not the time to ask you to do this sort of thing. But um, it's there. Go to d-410.com if once this thing's all over and you want to help contribute to the show for a dollar a month. You can do that, but we won't hit you over the head right now. For the members of Patreon already, like I said, we did record an hour-long episode last night of the What's in Your Head podcast, which will not be heard because the uh, recording got screwed up. So Carrie and I, and possibly Gordon, depending on his availability, we're going to get together tomorrow night. We will record another one, and hopefully by Monday up on Patreon, there will be another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. But thank you guys so much. Stay healthy, stay safe. Gordon, where can people find you? I can be found at Aegis1974 on Instagram, Gordon at D, uh, Gordon-D410 on Facebook. And uh, that's about it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for another episode. Uh, we love you all, and we hope you and your family stay safe. And remember, normal times, I would tell you, if you uh, don't get out of your comfort zone, you'll never get out of bed. But right now, stay in bed, get super comfortable, and let's bust out the Netflix queue. Your homework assignment is to see how many movies you can get out of your Netflix queue officially. You can't get in there and delete them. you got to watch them. For some reason, over the last year or so, you put those items in there. So clearly you wanted to watch those shows. If you're working from home, you know, chances are you're working from home. You're not putting a full eight hours. You're doing like four hours. You're pretending then you're, 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 you're hanging a boot. So let's go ahead and clear out those Netflix cues. Let's watch as many shows as we can. We'll get together next week and we'll talk about good shows to watch. Um, Netflix, if you're watching Gordon, I'm going to bring you back up. Maybe you've noticed this. Um, Netflix has a serious problem with their subtitles. Have you noticed this? Yes, I have. This just started. I've been watching a show for three seasons called Babylon Berlin. Now, you can put it in English overdubs, which I don't do. I watch it in German and and subtitles, and it's usually not a problem. But with Tiger King, those rednecks, they put some uh, subtitles on there. I've been... I've gone back. I'm on episode three of better call Saul and all the Spanish speaking. The subtitles either don't show up at all, or they show up for two and a half seconds or they're running late. Netflix has got to get their subtitle, um, engine fixed. It is completely after I've tried to watch season three of Babylon Berlin. And when it's all in German and the subtitles don't show up or only half the kind like they'll like, it'd be like if you and I were speaking German, the -hmm. subtitles when I talk would show up, but not you. And so you're only getting half the conversation. So Netflix's subtitles are completely jacked. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, watch some stand-up right now. I think that would add a little levity to the whole situation. Enjoy, you know, don't watch all these uh, outbreak movies. And no. I notice a lot of pandemic stuff on there. Stay away from that. Just watch uh, watch something funny. You watch know, something funny or some historical stuff. But anything, uh, anything that's not happening now. But thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you again here soon. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 